Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about when the dream job just doesn't pay so well. Right. I think most of us who have been down the career path for any length of time have run into this at least once. I am of the opinion that we should follow what we truly enjoy because the more you enjoy it, the less it feels like work. And there, the word passion is often used in that sense, follow your passion. Recently, I've been hearing other coaches talk about how that may not be great advice and I'm not going to go there because I really think it depends on the person and what really drives you if if. The, the, the idea of driving towards your passions keeps you motivated towards your goals, go for it, right? So I'm not going to get hung up on the words. I am of the opinion that we should be doing things that really make us happy. It brings us pleasure, hopefully brings us joy. There is a difference there. There is also a point where sometimes following that following our bliss doesn't pay the bills. It's so funny you mentioned that because I had a conversation with a client actually just this morning about that same thing. And, you know, she was looking at all of the job titles and job descriptions and going, scratching the head, I don't know what I want to do. Well, just tell me what you enjoy doing. Right. And what part of your job is soul-sucking and what part of your job is like soul Affirming. Affirming and yeah. creating and right. that gives you joy and you have a smile every time you do it. And often people don't go back and look at the definition of passion. And, and really, if you looked at the definition, it's something that's worthy of you for which you should sacrifice. Right. That you'd be willing to sacrifice. Right. To pursue it. And I think if that is your definition, as you're looking for that job, the sacrifice can be money as long as you're paying the bills right? There, there is a breaking point, And sometimes we have to put off that passion. But that doesn't mean we have to stop making it our goal. We, we can still be working towards that and keeping an eye on that. You know, for those who do vision boards or other activities that help keep our minds focused on our goals, then by all means, put that on the vision board. Put it in on, you know, this, the, the sticky note on your mirror, whatever that looks like for you. Keep going. Don't sacrifice your future based on what you're doing for today. So that's the caveat that I generally give. The other side of that, and, and not meaning to get into the negative right away, but just to help people stay objective when, when they're working on this, if you are taking a job because they say all the right things, they say they believe in all the things that you believe in, and you take the job knowing that you're going to be underpaid, whatever that looks like, then you have to take responsibility for the outcomes as well. I have, I, I, this has happened to me a couple of times in my career where I've taken a job where they say all the right things and they, they really try mm -hmm. to show me that this is what they believe in, right? And that they, these are their values and I seem to be in perfect alignment with those values. And over time, I realized that what they do actually isn't really in alignment to what they say they believe. 
And so now I'm working for people that I no longer trust because I trusted them to live what they believe. At no point is this truly their fault other than they're not being authentic. They're not in the interview. Not in the interview, right? right. So they're out of integrity or consistency exactly. from the interview to what's really the job. Right. Which is something we, this is obviously why we encourage so many people to engage in networking because in the interview, everybody's got a game face on. They want you to like them and you want them to think you're qualified to do the job, right. etc. And if you're lucky enough to find something that you think is a dream job, then boy, when the stars aren't all in alignment there, financially speaking, that you have to make a choice. Right. And there are things that you can do if you make the choice to take that dream job. There are things that you can do to supplement your income. We, we hear about it all right. the time. Freelancing, the, the gig, taking a contract. Uh, the gig economy, yeah. Yeah. All of that is available to you. And the whole point of taking the dream job is if you truly get joy out of it, if it brings you energy, then it doesn't feel like work. So you have the energy to do that second job or to do that extra gig somewhere. That contract. Right. So you can have the finances to be stable exactly or, or what have you so okay. when when i'm talking to people about taking that dream job generally speaking that dream job also fulfills them from a style position so if i'm really detail oriented and i live in the weeds i love doing research i'm probably not going to be as happy taking the job as company spokesperson Right. right? Because, out, out of water. Right. Yeah, because the water. spokesperson needs to be able to think in the big picture terms. Right. Now, if your style preference isn't there, but you've learned how to do that really well and you can succeed doing that, by all means, go for it. If you really are driven by crunching the numbers, then you're probably going to be happier in the job where you're crunching the numbers. The dream job generally aligns with your style preferences. When you get into that job and things are going well and you're doing work that you really love and then you find out later that the company is not as it was described to you, now you have another series of choices to make. As long as the work continues to be fulfilling, you can keep doing it. This is a choice. You are now choosing to do work that you love for a company that you don't. Part of the process that I see, Scott, is some people get in this position or this mindset that, oh, the dream job, yeah, it exists, but nobody's going to pay me to do that, right? So they have this limiting belief and, and they're making an assumption without actually, exactly. they're, they're holding the risk at arm's length. Yes. And, and that's and, totally understandable. And it's understandable. So I don't know that we're going to approach that here on this podcast. I think the thing is, is that when you find the dream job and you've actually interviewed for the dream job and now it's down to brass tacks and they're giving you an offer and you look at it and you're going, really? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it pays that. Right. I, You know, certainly we encourage everybody to do research on salaries and whatnot. Of course understand that you're not going to get necessarily every time an accurate picture of what the salary will be. Now, hopefully, if you're in the interview process, you can ask, what is the salary range budgeted for this position? And if the, the, the person comes back to you, well, I don't know, 
I would challenge the truth in that. Generally, HR and the hiring manager have an idea of what this position should pay. When they've said that to me, that's a that's an indication to me that this interview is not going any further. And that's fine because now I know that I can wrap up the conversation mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get another half hour back in my day. Um, <laughs> well, and, and really, that's why we always encourage, at least my clients, a defer the salary conversation Absolutely. as long as possible. Right, yes. Because the more that they have bought into you as a solution and that fits in with your dream job aspirations, the right. more likely they are to negotiate or go back to the well and get additional funds right. or whatever that looks yeah. like on the back end. I totally agree. And I have actually said to people when they've brought up salary early in the conversation, I I make a joke of it and I say, oh, does that mean we're already into salary negotiations? Uh, is, is this the offer? Wow. Yes. Yeah, where's you know, the offer? I and the other person <laughs> generally laughs about this, but it gives me time. Yeah. It also gives me another chance to connect with them on a different level. So because that is the information I need to know, what are they really like to work with? So if I can throw that and sidestep that part of the conversation, I get a better idea of is this truly the dream job or is it just the story? And I, and I remember years ago, the story of a young woman who is who she loses her life unexpectedly and it was a mistake. And she gets to the pearly gates and St. Peter tells her, listen, this is on us. We're sorry, this was an error. So we're going to give you a choice we normally don't offer. You can either spend eternity in hell or you can choose to spend it in heaven, but we are going to give you one week to spend in both places so you can make an informed choice. And she starts by saying, well, I don't think I really need to experience it. I think I know. And he said, well, all the same, we're going to give you this chance. So takes her to the elevator. She goes down. The the doors open to hell and it is beautiful. The weather is perfect. She It opens up onto a golf course. There are all her friends in great clothes. They have all kinds of food. She plays 18 holes. Everything is great. It is a wonderful experience. And this is the whole week, right? So then she takes the elevator, spends a heavenly week in heaven. And so at the end of that second week, St. Peter comes to her and says, okay, it's time for you to make your choice. And she says, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I'm going to choose hell because I had such a great experience. And he said, okay, if you're sure, because you can't change your mind. No, I really think, you know, all my friends are there. It's going to be great. So he sends her, you know, wishes her well, sends her back down on the elevator and the doors open. And it's everything you expect hell to be. The fire and brimstone, the whole thing. And they're all of her friends, but now they're in rags. And Satan shows up and says, oh, welcome. She said, what happened? The clothes, the food, the golf, the weather, what happened? Oh, that was the interview. Now you're hired. (laughs) How many of us have had that experience on the job? Right? Knowing that story. And I still run into that experience from time to time. That's human nature. We want to put that game face on. We want our potential employees to feel good about choosing us. Because you know something? As hiring managers, we take it personally too. That's why hiring managers don't want to be interviewed. They want control over the conversation. Taking that dream job is really an act of faith and hope. It's an, a demonstration of your own confidence. Don't confuse the change from the dream job to the nightmare as 
necessarily their fault. We made a choice, right? We get to choose a lot of what happens with our careers. If we are keeping an open mind and understanding that the people we work for are also human, and they may not have been completely forthcoming with some of the negative stuff, we can have make a less than perfect job into something better. I always get to that point, and I love that story, by the way. That was great. I think it also applies to people that are actually working, because a lot of the idea here is that you're going through a process. You maybe I've identified something that's good for you, uh, but this could also happen when you're on the job. Absolutely. And if you get a new leader or you're trying to make an upgrade into this process to something better and more in alignment with what you think the dream is. And I think really it's a process by which you need to make sure that that role does really check all of your boxes and that you ask some extra questions in the interview process to make sure that you have validation. I've talked to people, and I, I suppose I've done it myself, where you take a job where it doesn't check all the boxes and you hope that the extra boxes right. are going, the unchecked boxes the, the are going to take care of. The hope is bigger than the yeah. actual check boxes. If that's the case, then I strongly recommend that the candidate say, these are all of my goals and this job will fulfill this part, I would like to explore as as our relationship builds the possibility of checking the others. And that way, if they opt not to choose you because you have other goals, that is actually a good thing. Doesn't feel good in the moment. I understand that, been there. They have done you a favor by not letting you take a job that is going to underwhelm you later. That also is not good for them. Well, and what I heard there, Scott, is that you really believe, and I think every candidate should believe it as well, that you need to stand up for yourself in the hiring process. Here's the thing. It's always self-selecting. If you stand for something and that company doesn't provide it, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you say no. Exactly. But on the flip side, if you don't stand up for something, then you don't have an opportunity to actually do it. Once you stand up for it and you say you want to do this, then you get the chance to do it. When we go into these interviews, we tend to feel like the underdog because we have none of the control, right? Well, actually we do. I make a point whenever, whether I'm interviewing a potential client or a potential employer, this is a two-way interview. And if they don't provide me enough time to answer or to ask questions, that is an indication of their maintaining control. It's possible that they may be that controlling if they're your employer as well. Personally, it's not something that I enjoy. So I probably wouldn't be as happy there as a place that is really more trying to understand what my goals are and how that can contribute to them rather than what am I going to do for them. Those are two very different approaches to interviewing and the experience is therefore different. If you have the latter experience that is saying, oh no, what are you going to contribute to me? And it looks like the dream job, but you're not sure, the chances are pretty good. You're going to get disappointed down the road because they're really not focused on what's good for you. If instead that interview is about, okay, candidate, what are you looking for? What are you trying to do? And when people say, oh, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, if I knew that, I'd be rich, right? Yeah. No, that is my opportunity to talk to about my box. personal goals. What do I want to do with my career? And how can my employment there satisfy that? How can you help me as I help I, you? I look at this as a step 
toward that. Yeah. And and it's an opportunity for me to actually paint a vision. And if that vision's in alignment with what they need, even better. Exactly. And this could actually elevate that role to something that does pay well. Precisely. Because they are going to tap into the fact that you're talking about something you really want. That is what motivates uh, hiring managers and recruiters into hiring people. Sure. When they see that true, deep-seated interest start to come out and you light up, they want that. It's compelling. I, and I think, too, just based on what you said, is we never know the dynamics of the organization or the reorganization or succession planning. We may be offering them something they had in the back of their mind that is now in the front of their mind yep. because you brought it up. Yep. And they're saying, wow, well, I was going to hire for not only this role, but that one. And we can get two and one. Do, do, you right. do a two for one. Wow. Okay. So now I can negotiate a salary for myself, compensation package. That's what I want. Or at least closer. Yeah. Because the, the last time I interviewed for a full-time job, I was going for a role that I was overqualified for. In the course of the interview process, they opened up a new position mm. for me. Light bulb. Yeah. This can happen. Taking the job that underpays in and of itself is not a bad thing. There are choices that we need to prepare for and make as they come so that we are in control of our own careers. Mm. Because I will tell you, when you're doing a job that you truly love, the pay is secondary. And I, I tell leaders this all the time. Money is not a motivator. The research says... Up to 60000 And that, that number changes. Okay, but... Because there's a survival mechanism. Yes. If you don't have your needs met, right. then it is a motivator. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no. That's the thing. Money is not the motivator. It's what money represents that is the motivator. So with that $60,000 figure, and that's going to change based on different parts of the country yeah. or world, whatever. Well, and and but having the ability to sleep at night, that's, and feed myself, and that is that's what, what the, the money 60, is representing. Yes. Yeah. No, I get so, it. It's not the money. It's what it represents. But you have to know what your walkaway point is. That gives you power. You have to know what your various stages mm. for the money game really are. Because that gives you your playing cards. You know when you have the trump card. And then if they say, no, you know, I understand. This happened to me. It was what I felt was going to be the dream job. I could walk to work. And they were going to pay me... $15,000 less than I needed in order to pay my bills. Wow. I couldn't take the job. Even though it would have been a delightful job. Perfect. But, in all other respects. Right. Yeah. And working for really great people who cared. That was not in their budget. They could not hire me for what I needed in yeah. order to pay the bills. Well, what ended up happening was that experience opened up other doors because I had made friends along the way. I stayed in touch it was a with networking. It absolutely was. It was. Don't not apply just because it pays low. Yeah. If it's what you truly love, go have the conversation and be upfront about that so they wow. don't feel like you're wasting their time either. And certainly prepare a narrative that yes. can take you in the direction you want yep. to go, knowing that it may not work out. Right. And you may end up in a job where it meets, let's say, 40% of your needs for for financial but 60 percent of your needs for all the fulfilling things you were looking for we always recommend and we've talked about this before is that in today's economy you just don't have the luxury 
of stopping the search. It has to Correct. be a continue. Not that yeah. you need to be a hundred percent dedicated or or a hundred percent focused, but right. you should continue your search until you decide not to work anymore. Yeah, we, you're right. We don't have the luxury of being able to just rest on our current situation because it is going to change. And over time, we've seen those changes happen more and more frequently. You know, the, the cadence has sped up. When I started working, when it, it was common to see people in their careers, for in their specific jobs for 20, 30 years. Now, people change jobs every two to three years. And that's on average. The fact that I was in an industry doing sales work in the hospitality industry where it was an expectation. If you were in your role for more than two years, people asked you what's wrong with you. But that was unique to that role. Now it's everybody. And so when we think about taking that dream job, if you can cover your bills and be responsible about your obligations and take the job you truly love, I'd say go for it. Go for it. Because that is going to bring you fulfillment on more than just the monetary level. And then just start the process over again, right. looking for the next phase, the next step in that dream. Because my suspicion is, as we go through seasons of life, the dream changes. Yes, they and do. And your motivations change. Yeah. And, and, and the needs change. And the needs change. But the, the other thing that I've, I've been surprised about is how few people actually network within the organization that hired them. Because you never know what yeah. might be happening. I know, uh, I, I can think of a couple of people right off the top of my head who have moved up in their company because they befriended the CEO, not because they were particularly uh, Highly better than, well, they were very skilled in yeah. what they were hired Skilled at knowing the CEO. Well, but, th- but that was the thing. I, I think of one person in particular who really knows her stuff in the role that she played. But she has continued to grow her job based on the people she speaks with every day. As more people helped her with her visibility because they liked her and they saw the talents that she was showing them, she continued to network Network within the organization. And now she is at the top of her department. And I honestly, I question some of her motives. She and I don't have similar styles. She has been successful. I got to hand it to her because she was following what she really enjoyed doing. By all means, network within your organization. Network outside your organization. Be sure you're talking to people who do the things that you do or who align with what you really find valuable and joyful and all these different emotions that you're feeling. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a conversation with a young man this week that it was kind of like that same thing. He was in this job, he had gotten the job and it was just like his maybe first foray out of college. And this was just the job he ended up in and he wasn't inspired by it or yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, how did you get there? You know what happened is I was working as a frontline person and I ended up befriending the vice president. And I had a conversation with him and told him about my interest in doing quality control work. I said, great. So you've been doing the quality control work now. What's next for you? He said, project management. And I said, well, have you gone back and talked to the VP? Well, no, not since I started this QC job. And I, yeah, <laughs> go back. <laughs> I, I had to knock on wood because, hello. If that guy did it once, don't you think he's going to do it again? And, and I asked him, well, what approach do you think you should take when you go back and talk to him? If somebody gave you something as nice as a job that you were interested in, 
How would you treat them? What would you say? He said, thank you. Good approach. I said, you're right on track. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need me as a coach to tell you that. You right. know intuitively inside of you That's fantastic. that you need to go talk to him, yeah. say thank you, let him know about your interests, what you've learned in the QC job. Especially. Right. Yep. And and just say thank you. Yeah, because you know? that, that you're now telling him, this is how you have helped me succeed. And that is a great feeling for a leader that they know, they, they can know that they have had that positive impact on an employee's life. Of course, they're going to then help you take your next step because they're going to get that feeling again when you come back to them to say all the new successes, right? This is true of any networking opportunity that you have. And we, you and I talk all the time about the follow-up. As you have these successes, it's important to go back to the people who referred you to this job in the first place to let them know, you helped me succeed. And it's not to butter them up, it's to help them stay strong in your network. And because they want to be strong in your network. And they want to know the rest of the story. Sure. The whole, the whole Paul, Paul Harvey thing, Yeah. right? Yeah. They don't have enough drama in their own lives, so they need some of ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero four six. Free resource. We, we have a free resource. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we do. So we have a free resource. Uh, what we want you to do is go to jobseekersradio.com and download the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that we've put together for you to help you with uh, networking and to have the make these conversations The nuts easier. and bolts, yeah. if you will. Yep. The recipe book for successful. Oh, I like that. It's a cookbook. Yeah, it's a cookbook. Oh, I like that. It's got all the ingredients you need to be successful. I love this. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We acknowledge your investment of time and we, we really appreciate your attention. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review us. This is how we get the word out. Yeah, of course. There's actually a link to iTunes in the show notes. Perfect. So we make it super easy for you to go over there and participate in that activity absolutely yeah so i'm andrew and i'm scott until next time get up get out and get connected to people in your network bye everybody